BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This week, coming down the wire, we do some quick hits on the free agency market in the NFL we talk about the strange ideas that Major League Baseball wants to try to implement this year. But the main meat and potatoes has to be the NCAA tournament. The brackets are set. Where do you fall? We need to hit up every single first-round matchup. So, let's hit the music. But first, a word from our sponsor. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Okay, Kenny. Uh, episode six, down the wire. Ooh, if you uh, if you haven't heard, we have a new platform. We have a sponsor. Yeah, the Chair Shot. Thank you to the Chair Shot. Thechairshot.com. Dot com. That's that right. Is. Yes, the Chair Shot. Dave actually had a couple of previous relations with them, done some work. That sounds way oh, too sexual. I guess, okay. Um, <laughs> Dave had some previous friendships. That sounds like we're Dave not friends knows anymore. them. Yes, Dave I knows know, them. I All know, right, Dave I know knows lots them. of people. Okay. I've done many uh, a podcasts with them before. And they've decided that we were worthy enough to get a couple of ads in there. Worthy. There it we're is. We're not worthy. So thank you again to the chairshot.com for being our first official sponsor of down the wire. Yes. And feel free to go to the chairshot.com again, to listen to some other great podcasts, including ourselves down the wire, but you got some great wrestling podcasts. Uh, if you haven't caught on by now, that's where, their bread and butter come from. Yeah, and we will be posting our episodes on there every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. I don't know if I need to say that, but nope. I showed you last week we do have a Malaysia listener. Bring it on. Yeah, if you are the one person who downloaded our podcast from Malaysia, please either comment on the Podbean or tweet at us or something i would love to know facebook who you are. too yeah we will set up a zoom meeting and just talk to you about being you'll be on the show for sure a hundred percent we'll talk about all those wild malaysian sports i don't even know it i there's probably got to be something there's that one that they do like volleyball but with soccer oh that's in malaysia i thought i thought that was like 
I know that's an Asian sport. But I don't it's know. Like, it's easily one of the, the gnarliest things I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, that would, that would just never happen in America. Oh, well, no. It wouldn't happen yeah. by me, that's that, for sure. No, there would just not. There's way too much foot eye coordination going on there. Well, I mean, I can, I can do that. I just don't have the you could athletics. Not, you wouldn't last one hit in that league. There's no kicking of people. It's only kicking of balls. Yeah, okay. Okay, whatever. I don't think you are. All right, now we're back into it. Uh, There's been a lot of crazy news. Today we're focusing a lot of our show on the big March Madness. Selection Sunday was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, This is kind of when most people, including ourselves, become basketball fans a little bit to start. We're getting into basketball brain mode. We'll start switching over to the college basketball scene. The NBA will follow. But for now, we're taking a little bit of a break from football. Yeah. But Even though football had a lot of happening, too. There was a lot to talk about with football today, though. Just, just maybe the little A couple sprinkles. of quick hits, though. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots get Jonu Smith and Matthew Judon. Big names there. Packers lose... Corey Lindsley, but keep Aaron Jones. Did not see that coming. I definitely thought that was going to be backwards. Oh, don't forget, Patriots brought back Cam Newton. Patriots brought back Cam Newton, which is a weird as thing. well. Yeah, and for a lot more money too. Also, if we could uh, just drop the "My Heart Will Go On" uh, right about this point, because Drew Brees retired. Oh, I didn't. I was. I thought that was going to be your story so i didn't want to bring no, it up no no <laughs> i thought that was gonna drew be Brees! Drew my Brees. favorite quarterback of all time he's out he's done i think we saw that coming but it was official this weekend uh, he, um he just tugged at everyone's heartstrings with his weird children yeah him and his birthmark <laughs> will be missed very much so in the nfl i think so no. that was a big story tom brady restructured his contract unsurprising he always does that but it got him to get shaq barrett too shaq barrett signed his big brought deal today. they brought back literally that entire defense right outside of uh uh, Adama Kong Su, right? Oh, no. That would have been such a great player five years ago going. to have. But, yeah, they brought back Levante David. Um, am I missing any other huge uh, Yannick Ngakwe looks to be signing with the Raiders. Oh, okay. Which is going to be a pretty big deal. Corey Lindsley, we talked about, but he's going to be signing with the Chargers because, you know, the Chargers want all of the Packers ex-linemen. Yeah, it's kind of absurd that we lose Bulaga and Lindsley back-to-back years to the same team. And I know it's not official yet, but they have pretty much confirmed that Chicago is going to go all out on Russell Wilson. And that's a little bit uh, scary to me, kind of. No, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson twice a year is going to be hard to deal with look you're the you're the true packer fan here yeah i i think that that team does get better for sure with him um i'm just looking oh this is the big one i wanted to bring up i know where you what you're bringing up and i'm ready to counter 140 million dollars for Taysom hill yes but here's the thing literally every last dollar on that contract is voidable I don't care. It's way too much money. It's voidable. I don't. You literally don't have any guaranteed money and have no commitment to Taysom Hill. This is the most empty contract of all time. I get it. There was a lot of money that they don't have to pay. 
if they don't want to. All of it. It's not a lot. It's all of it. And they're still talking with Jameis, too. Jameis is going to be the starter next year. 100%. Then what's the deal with signing Taysom Hill to even that? Then? Taysom Hill has been an integral part of that offense for the past, so, what, three, four years? So if he makes the roster, does he make the money? If he makes the, yeah, but he he's on a per-game, like, check. Oh. So literally, so can they, he, if they can he be him, paid as, like, a quarterback one game and paid as, like, a tight end the next? What, what's no, going on with it? He, it's, it's that contract, right? But if they cut him at the third game, they only have to pay him for the first three games that he played. And then after that is completely done. I It's I, a weird contract. I didn't realize, like, something like this was possible. Yeah. But Taysom Hill is a saint for as long as the saints say he is. And then they have no commitment to him. And they should go with Jameis. That's well, why. Jameis is going to start. So. He... Yeah, that's it. That's that's all we have for NFL tidbits for today. Um, also, some news that we heard over the last week was the rule changes in the MLB. And yes, per uh, it's like proposed rule changes. Yeah, that they're gonna test out in the minors, and there's some weird stuff. There's a lot of weird stuff. the The first one that I read about was the slightly larger bases. Uh, for all AAA t- teams. So I think they increased it to 26 inches. Is that, that, is that, that what I... That sounds right. I'm looking into it right now. But that was a weird one, and a lot of players were kind of pissed about that one around the league. Like, that was a big deal for well, them. Well, you know what they're trying to avoid is collisions at second. That right. is the reason for that. So, I mean, well, honestly, collisions at first, too. I know that one's a, a little bit easier, but, uh, you know, they, they need to get that out of the way. They want to protect players. They don't want another Buster Posey incident. You know, everyone kind of remembers that. Or uh, Chase Utley a couple years ago, right? Wasn't that at second phase? Didn't he slide into him? I think that was another big one that kind of plays a role in it. And I get it. Uh, I don't think that's the weirdest or the worst rule. No, there it's is definitely there. not the worst rule. The worst rule, though, for sure, is oh, sorry. Uh, each side of the large of the bases are going to be fifteen inches long. So, uh, how what were the old ones? Does it say what the old ones were? They were oh, old one was fifteen. This year it goes to eighteen. Okay, wow. there we go. Completely now we got completely off on that. We, I, don't know where I the hell promise I was. we looked at these beforehand and we were like, let's talk about that yeah. on the show, yeah. and then we just came totally prepared, as you can see. But the rule that I was pretty weirded out about was the two pickoff or step-offs per plate appearance rule. Yes. That rule to me, I want to know more about because if he can only step off twice during a plate appearance, I mean, if he did do it twice, what's stopping the guy from leading off from halfway to second? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost guaranteeing a steal. But that's what the MLB wants. The MLB wants more home runs, more action, and faster Yeah, definitely. They want more exciting plays. They got to reach an audience. I get it. But as far as baseball, the two, that's like part of the game. You know what I mean? And it's scary a little bit because they might lose that little edge that they carry with the game. 
And watching baseball on TV, as a baseball fan, I understand it's slow. It's not fun, usually. At a ballpark, one of the best places to be for a sporting event. You're kind of watching, you're kind of not, but then once the game gets going, you're really invested in it. Mm -hmm. That's what I really like about it. Also, one more rule real quick we'll touch on, automatic balls and strikes in low A. Yeah, robot umps. Robot umps is crazy. That is also dangerous too. We'll see where that goes. You know, we might be getting a robot ump rising real soon. <laughs> robot <laughs> ump rising. Oh, oh, oh. yes. Uh, that's pretty cool to me. Honestly, we should have had that a long time ago. It makes things a lot faster. You don't have that argument garbage. I'm too super for that. Yeah, but that's also part of the game again. Uh, Human uh, error, man. Uh, Human uh, error is part of the game. I like it. Here's the one that I'm not cool with, and that is the defensive positioning restriction. Oh, yeah. That is crazy. You are taking the shift out of baseball? I'm sorry. That is something that's not going to fly. They're going to try this, and I'm telling you right here, right now, it will not stick. No, and as Brewer people, that's like firsthand. That's our defense. I mean, we, we are, for the last... X amount of years, always up there for teams that shift the most. So to be clear, first of all, they're making sure that uh, all the infielders have to have their feet on the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. Right. So you cannot have that fifth outfielder there. I'm even hearing, though, that they're trying to go so far as first and second have to stay on the right side of the field and third and short. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like left. that. Don't like that at all. What? I'm sorry. That is so not cool. It, they're professional players. Hit it the other way, man. I, I can understand juicing the balls a little bit. I can understand the uh, trying to pick off and having a limit to that. I do not understand this shift rule because no. this makes no sense. It takes away a whole element of the game. Yes. That is crucial for defense, yes. especially. Yeah, it's just too important. It's especially in the last what ten to fifteen years. Oh, this it's developed so the shift much. Has been a major, major portion of the sport. And again, it's just not going. There's to, no way they're gonna not let going that to one fly. go through. No way. That yeah. one is for sure a minor league test, and that's as far as it'll go. All right. Uh, should we get into our best and worst best and worst stories of yeah, the week? Yeah. Um, you go first this time. Your your best story. I think I went first last week. Okay. Uh, I have a pretty easy one for myself personally. Karis Levert, dude. Karis Levert made his debut for the Pacers on Saturday, which is huge. Dude overcame kidney cancer. In a matter of months. Yeah, that was that was really cool. And he had some decent points, too, I think. Uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, he came off uh, with... Oh, wait, I have to open up, open up my picture of his stat line. But uh, he came off the, the... Came off and played 27 minutes, 13.7 rebounds, 2 assists. I look, not crazy, but... <laughs> I mean, the guy hasn't played for a majority of the season because and- of... More or less, something pretty traumatic to most yeah. people. So for him to beat kidney cancer, pretty intense cancer, by the way. Yeah. You know, not that any cancer is not intense, but, you know, that's a that's a heavy-hitting one. And he came off and 
contributed some pretty good points to a pretty convincing Pacers victory. 122 to 111 over the Phoenix Suns. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah that was super really pumped. super nice. I, I saw that as well. And Karis Silvert is a guy who the Pacers were really excited to get. And the news was sudden and tragic when it first came out. And for him to fight through it, beat it, come back still in the same season, that's a guy they're going to want on their team for a long time. I yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for – I'm rooting for Karis LeVert. I want him to be an absolute stud because he was really fun to watch last year when that Nets team – literally like lost all their stars uh, going into the playoffs. I, I want to see Karis LeVert succeed, and I think he's going to. All right. That was a great story. Mine, not as heartwarming, but I'm more excited for this. So the WBC released their plan for heavyweight boxing this year. Oh. And I don't watch a lot of boxing. Our stepdad is super into boxing. Carlos. Super into it, but there's one thing I do watch, and that's heavyweight boxing. It's all knockouts, and it's been coming back over the past it's year. Been or two. huge, been huge. Boxing is never uh, at a higher point than when they have a good heavyweight division. Heavyweight boxing is great for yep. it. I love watching it. I started off with Deontay Wilder, be really bringing it back for me. But the WBC's plan, they just signed Anthony Joshua to fight Tyson Fury this year. Oh, my. That's going to be a big one. They have uh, Andy Ruiz fighting some scrub. I can't remember his name. Oh, well, Ruiz will just Ruiz you know, will whoop him. him. Wilder fighting some scrub, whoever, whooping yeah, him. Man, Deontay Wilder needs some, uh, needs some love because Tyson Fury babied him. He did. But then, so the plan is... Joshua's going to fight Fury. The winner of the Ruiz bum fight and the winner of the Wilder bum fight are going to fight each other. A.K.A. Ruiz is going to fight Wilder. Or double bum. Or double bum. That's worst case scenario double for this whole bum. thing. Ruiz is going to fight Wilder. The winner of that is facing the winner of Joshua Fury. So that could line up for Andy Ruiz to get another shot at Joshua. Andy Ruiz to get a shot at Fury. Wilder to get a shot at Joshua, or Wilder gets another shot at Fury. All I know is you're going to see three fights this year and a fight next year that's going to be a super fight, Man. and it is so exciting. Yeah, when do we uh, get Conor McGregor back? Uh, he's going to fight Jake Paul. Oh. Yeah, after, Oops. yeah, right. What about CM Punk? Oh, God. Let's he, never see him in, in, in a yeah, uh, MMA he, octagon again. No, he's Ooh. he's done. He's No, he's not coming back. But that's... I was excited, so that's why I put my best story as heavyweight boxing. All right. You ready for my worst story? Yeah, let's uh, hear it. I, I think I'm the only one that can talk about this. Mm. And that is racist high school announcer blames diabetes for saying racial slur on a hot mic. Wow. That's a bold claim. Uh, What? Yikes. Yeah. So... <laughs> At a girls' state quarterfinals last week, a hot mic caught a commentator being just one of the worst people around. I, I did hear the clip. And, yep. yeah, launched into a racist rant during the national anthem, which is so such a poetic statement. Very to patriotic. I, well, I mean, it's so yeah. America, isn't right. it? <laughs> uh, yeah. What a horrible person. Um, so, as the 
uh, opposing team was, you know, listening to the national anthem. They acknowledged it, but they did kneel. And over the mic, he, uh, this announcer was caught saying, they're kneeling effing N-words. Mm. I hope Norman gets their ass kicked. Fuck them. I hope they lose. Come on, Midwest City. They're going to kneel like that? Hell no. He said that all on a hot mic. Okay. Not only does he need to be fired. Sound guy after, like, when do we cut this mic to? Okay. Dude, like, you know, there's a sound yeah. guy at all. Whatever it is. Okay. Scott Someone's got to cut it. Scott Sepulpa is the, the man's name. Uh, he is, again, was the co commentator. Oh, sorry. Sorry. On a live stream as well. Mm. Yeah. That'll get a lot more people to realize you, for sure. Uh, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That was, that was the, uh, the partner on the, on that. He was the co-commentator. The real douchebag was Mark, uh, Matt Rowan. Oh my God. Yeah. Matt Rowan. So if you know Matt Rowan guys, please send him a message from we at down the wire. Let him know that he can go fuck right off because what a terrible human being you are. Yeah. These are high school girls. Yeah, perfect victims, obviously. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. that... Oh, oh, but sorry. Uh, I the Are main... you going to end this story? No, no, Jeez. the main the main bit of this is he blamed the whole deal on diabetes. Oh, yeah, that was Because rough. he had a high blood sugar. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I am a type 1 diabetic. I have had high blood sugars before. I've had low blood sugars before. Guess what? I have never uttered the N-word in either situation. In fact, never even thought about it in my brain. So, Mr. Rowan, from a diabetic, go fuck right off. There All right, is. I'm done. Woo. Sorry. That took way too long, but it Woo. needed to be said. Yes. Go off, King. Nah. All right. Mine worst story of the week. Takes a little bit of a different angle. I want to know if you saw this. Uh, it was a Pittsburgh Pirate. Oy. Yeah, that's already the worst part of it. Um, but it was a swing and a miss that the Pittsburgh Pirates got from Darren O'Day. Been a guy who's been a journeyman around the MLB. Yeah, he's played. Um, I want to show you this video, kind of get your live reaction to it. Um, to give a little bit of context, Darren O'Day was pitching to catcher Tony Walters for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the pitch was so nasty that it struck him out on a hit-by-pitch. <laughs> right did he, like, there. hit him in the groin, too? No, I thought it did. Look at the slow-mo. It just missed. Oh, oh, he is lucky. If it didn't, that would have been even better. Better. That that had to go to the best story. Oh my gosh! Uh, honestly, he probably felt some re- residual shock though, because that is literally inches away from his cock. Yeah, it's right there. I thought when I saw it fast first, I thought it did, but it just misses and it hits him in the thigh because he turns at the last second. But Tony Walters, you uh, looked like a scrub. Yeah, but the Darren, good news is that Darren O'Day he played for the Pirates. Darren O'Day got uh, strikes and balls in the yeah, same pitch on the same <laughs> one, right? Uh, 
Yeah, so that was a really rough sighting, I thought. And just kind of solidifying that the Pittsburgh Pirates are literally dog water. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're awful. Not going to happen this <sighs> year. So, uh, I think it's time for some basketball. Yes. But first, quick commercial. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. We're back. Like I said, basketball time. The NCAA March Madness brackets are here. Yes, one of the best days of the year, Selection Sunday. Gotta admit... College basketball this year wasn't as locked in. It's really hard without fans sometimes. The fans make college basketball, especially during it. But I do enjoy watching a lot of college basketball games more than I do watching NBA basketball games to the most extent. Okay, that, that can be because you. Because of the game. Not the star power. The, like Obviously, talent-wise, the NBA, way better. But for watching, like, an organized basketball game, kind of, it's a little more fun to watch college basketball, I think. Uh, you know what? They obviously care more. Yes. Uh, which is which is awesome. It's a team game. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. But we are going to see some hot garbage this year. Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. There are a lot of teams that should have been in the tournament that were not able to because of so many uh, COVID delays or stoppages so they did not meet the required amount of games in so there are some teams that you know honestly those 16 seeds uh you know the playing games a lot of them had no business being well and it's gonna be a weird year because of the shortage of games you know we don't see the teams all that much some teams are getting in here with like 16 17 games and usually you're playing 30 i mean you got a very small sample you're getting some weird uh weird seeds like uh, alabama number two seed you know they have never been a strong uh basketball team hell the big 10 has so many high seeds. Great year for Big Ten basketball. Yeah, that's what obviously. But I was... think that I think that is a huge issue this year. Yeah, there's because what no, we didn't get Duke. No Duke I, for the first time in like forever. I is that the first time in Mike Shashevsky's career? I think he missed it one time, but there's a reason why he missed it. Like he was yeah. sick or someone. Like it, there's there's a reason why I don't remember it off the top of my head. But, yeah, it's wild not seeing Duke in the – or Kentucky, I think, right? Yeah, but Kentucky is like – they've they've had their history with that. Going to work with uh, – Still? Is that, is that MIT? Is that what it what, – what's the, what's the next, like, tournament? NIT. Like, NIT. MIT is the engineering yeah, school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? Look, <laughs> All I, right. I've, I've dropped out of college, okay? <laughs> I didn't say I was good at it this year. Uh, which side should we start? Do you want to start? Should I start? Um, I'll start. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Let's which... go with the number one overall. So, we're, okay, we're going to talk about each first round matchup, and then a couple quick hits about each team. Yeah. Uh, first round is going to be Gonzaga, and they're going to be taking on Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Who cares? A. Who they're facing. That's what I'm saying. That's entirely fair because yes. you know let's be completely honest gonzaga is the best team 
in the NCAA right now. They are really, really good. But, you know, let's let's give Norfolk State and Appalachian State some love, okay? Mm. Norfolk State shoots almost 40% from threes. And uh, honestly, they're undersized. They're really tiny and only 43% from the floor. Appalachian State is scrappy. They've been in a lot of close games with some upper-tier opponents, but obviously they can't really go through it, and they've been pretty cold the last two months. I personally see Norfolk State coming out of this. Uh, I'm just going to kind of give that. Okay. And then, obviously, Norfolk State is going to go against Gonzaga. What more do I have to say about them? They have been either number one or number two all year long. They are going to trounce Norfolk State. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Next up is the number two squad in Iowa. Iowa is really fun. Yeah. I I did not think they were going to be all that good, you know, right off the bat. But they're the second most efficient offense in the country. Luca Garza. Luca Garza is unstoppable. And they shoot 40% from three points. They do have some pretty terrible defense. Uh, sorry, but it's just true. Yeah. So that could come back to bite them in the ass. But honestly, they're so potent on offense. What do you expect? Yeah, and they the team, it, it rode a little bit. It was kind of falling off in the tournament a little bit. The team wasn't as good. So that might play into a factor later in the tournament. But I think I know where you're going, obviously, with this one. Well, into Grand Canyon University. Uh, Grand Canyon is actually not bad. I watched their game this weekend. Yeah. I, they, I I also kind of looked it up. Their defensive field goal ratings and the rebound ranks among the best in the country. They have a great Cinderella story. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think that they're going to give Iowa a run for their money, though. Mm. Uh, they also have some amazing named uh amazingly named players alessandro uh lever is pretty good but as bjorn midgard damn awesome he should be a handball player Dude, or something he needs to be in the world's strongest man yeah competition. that's probably more like yeah it. that's a great name as bjorn midgard we should do a bracket of the names in the tournament Ooh. and see who well, gets to we, the we already finals we already have the one like that's that's the one seed. That's right the there. one seed? That's a one seed. Okay. Okay. Uh Grand Canyon though, bad on turnovers. They they just do. They they turn over the ball way too much and their three points are awful, which everyone knows the three point shot is basketball nowadays. So yeah. if you're bad at three points, chances are you're not going to be going too far. Uh the number three seed, Kansas. Kansas is great on defense. And the only thing that really could possibly hold up Kansas is David McCormick is under COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, protocols. Yeah, one of their better guys. That is their paint protector. Yep. And if they don't get him back, eh, I'm again, not saying it will happen, but Eastern Washington, man, they won 13 of their last 14, and they have a pretty good uh, squad. I mean, it seems like every year a one, two, or three seed is gonna lose too, and this is definitely one of those matchups you gotta watch. Yeah, uh, 
they have very few turnovers and they're great on the free throw. Also, lots of fast breaks as well. They they play really, really fast. Granted, they didn't play anyone in Ken Palm's top 200 for the last two-thirds of the season. Mm. So, really, they didn't play anyone. That's true. Yep. Uh, so, you know, is what it is. Next up, the number four seed, Virginia. 56.1 field goals per game. Or 56.1% uh, field goal percentage. That's what I meant to there say. There you go. That's huge. It's the best they've they've done underneath their head coach. When they won the national championship two years ago, it was at 55.2. Mm. Whoa. These dudes are three-point shooters as well and great on free throws. Granted, this is probably the worst defense they've had. It's actually the worst defense since 2011-2012. So, you know, we'll kind of see what happens with that. But honestly, defense has kind of fallen off. And But in college basketball, it does matter a little bit more. That's true. It does play a lot harder. And they're going against Ohio, the number 13 scene. seed. Uh, Ohio, honestly, they're really good. Uh, I, I, they're not getting a lot of love, obviously. They're a 13 seed. But Jason Preston is averaging 16.7 assists and 6 rebounds per game for the past two years. Shit. Jason Preston. Uh, yeah, Jason Preston. I, I don't know. He might get drafted. He could. That's a pretty nuts uh, Look like out average, for right? Yeah. That's a second-round pick if I've ever seen one. Might as well on someone like that, yeah. They have five players with double-digit scores. Uh, their defense averaged almost 86 points per loss, though. Oof. Yikes. That's they a lot in college. They have a weak defense. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of the weaker ones. So when they hit a big team... They get squashed. Yeah. Pretty handedly. Uh, next up, number five, Creighton. The Creighton Blue Jays, baby, are back. Former alma mater for Doug McDermott. Uh, seventh with, overall pick. With his father, Greg, still being the head coach there. Uh, they have a great player, Marcus Sigurowski. He's a hot, hot shooter. They're hot all around, actually. And another thing that's really important in the NCAA, and especially in, in these tournaments, is to have some more senior players, mm -hmm. right? So they have three seniors and two juniors to start off. Three of those starters average over 63% from three points. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, dude. 63% from three points, they're going to rain threes down. Mine as well. Granted, they don't get many rebounds, offensive or defensive. Well, they're look sounds like they're hugging the line. That's why. Yeah, they're just hanging out back. And, you know, if they're making those points, why not? Uh, they're playing, though, against UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara, their defense creates a lot of steals. It's pretty well balanced, honestly. They've never really faced a top 100 team, though. That's an issue. And you definitely got to play someone to get to the big the big show. Yeah, you be on the lookout, though, for Ja'Cory McLaughlin. He's a, the senior out of UC Santa Barbara. He gets 16 points per game and five assists per game. Not crazy, but if they hope to take down Creighton, that's who they're going to rely on. Then we have uh, USC. Uh, they're also going to be playing another playing game, Wichita State and Drake. So let's go over the Wichita State 
and uh, Drake teams real fast. Wichita State. Isaac Brown has done amazing things with this squad after Greg Newsome, you know, the longtime Wichita State coach, resigned in November. He's came in and really helped uplift that Wichita State team. You know, they are constantly... And a pretty recognized basketball franchise, or a program, rather, <laughs> over the last couple decades. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not going to get the the crazy, what, Fred VanVleet, right? Wasn't he part of... Ron Baker is the name that comes to mind, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, they're not, you're not going to get that this year. But right. they do have some great uh, anchors in Tyson Etienne and... Al Tariq Gilbert. I I had to slow two down. Seed. Two seed. That that one. Well, just because Gilbert. Like Gilbert's too. Bleh. But <laughs> Al Tariq. That's amazing. Yeah. But combined those two, twenty-seven points per game, seven assists, six rebounds, and two and a half steals. Woo! Putting up the numbers. They're also coming in hot, dude. Seven-game winning streak, and they don't. It's hard to argue that. But granted, they don't really play offense or defense super well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake, though, they went to February without a loss. In fact, I thought Drake was going to do pretty damn good as being like one of those like upper nobody teams. Right. But they went cold. Mm-hmm. They went mildly cold, rather. But most of the season, they were the best three-point shooting team in in the the nation. You know, that's big. But another thing that I have to mention is their two best players are out. Yeah, I don't think they they're they're Roman looking Penn, bleak. Roman uh, Roman Penn is out with like a torn hamstring, and Tank Hemphill is recovering from a broken foot. He's supposed to be back for the tournament, but really, I'm going Wichita State for that play-in game. I think it's pretty obvious. And then they're going against USC. USC. USC has a stud in Evan Mobley. That dude is going to be a star in the NBA. But he's kind of hit like a cold spell, which could be dangerous. I think if I had to pick like my my upset watch, Wichita State over USC is a very big candidate USC does play well in the paint, but they're bad at free throws. Dude, I can totally see Wichita State upsetting uh, the USC Trojans. And, And, oh, go ahead. So I just wanted to say that Evan Mobley is an NBA talent. He's going to go in the top five no matter what. Those do help a lot in the tournament, but he... Is the only person there, it seems like, sometimes. Yes, well, but, you know, you can do that in in the NCAA. And especially get a couple rounds in. I don't know, you know, what's their their durability throughout this entire entire tournament. But they can do it as long as Mobley kind of gets back to form. Well, and John Morant, I think the last tournament, helped Murray State a lot. And they didn't have anyone. They... Ended up whooping on Marquette, I think. But they star power can help early sometimes, but they need a little more than just him, I think. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, next up is the number seven Oregon Ducks versus VCU Rams. Oregon, they 
are they're a weird team because honestly they should have been much higher this year they had two really bad losses against oregon state and washington state thankfully though will richardson has kind of been on a roll he's bringing them back their starters are 36 percent from three-point shooting range uh, that's that's huge right they uh <laughs> if they get hot you're going to be seeing the Oregon Ducks completely roll over this uh, entire tournament. And the bad play in their Pac-12 tournament is what led them to this seven seed. But it's, again, one of those teams that they got this seven seed because of their poor play as of late. If they get hot at the right time, you can see a lot of brackets getting messed up with this team. Yeah, yeah. In their last 11 regular season games, they shot 42.3%. That's pretty big, but you know they're pretty much just made up of wing players. They don't have a point guard. They don't right. have a center. It's like six four throughout that entire squad. Yeah, and they're going against perennial Cinderella VCU, who you know it just seems like every year VCU messes something up. And they're studs on defense. They're top five in blocks, top five in steals. Whoa. And they're 17 and one when holding a, a team under 70 points. Damn. Yeah, I like that stat. I like that stat a lot. Yeah, their defense is wild. Their defense is wild. Their offense, however, is atrocious. Mm. And outside of Nation Highland, or Nation, Nation, that's probably Nation. Nation. Nation, whatever. Nation Highland. Their defense is atrocious. Or offense, I should say, is atrocious. So, I don't know. I don't think VCU is going to get super crazy, especially in this first round. I think Oregon is just too reliable uh, in this seed seeding. So, yeah. And then, last up in the Western Conference, we have the 8-9. and nine. Oklahoma versus Mizzou. Oklahoma... Close the season with a four-game losing streak. Oh, boy. You don't want those going into the tournament at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, like, plagued them so much. I know that they allow a lot of three points, and they're just an average shooting team altogether. But you do have Austin Reeves. That's their big-time senior. That's really going to be the one to watch in my opinion and they hold on to the ball pretty well uh, both for fouls and turnovers they only average about 25 per game which seems like a lot but the nation average is 30 so i, I think you know they're going to be pretty stout Sounds, on, yeah. on the offensive side of things we just got to be more consistent uh if they plan on going forward yes all right <clears throat> I don't know why I had to clear my throat after you did all that talk. Oh, my God. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a break. I like a lot what you were saying. I'm going to get into the south part of the bracket right now, where our one seed is Baylor taking on 16 Hartford. Baylor was your Big 12 regular season title holders. They They got upset by Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament, but they were a program best. They won their first 18 games. They were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation this year, and they have fantastic guard play. 
led by Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell. They had their top four or five scorers were all guards, and they were guys that can also get in, and they can shoot really well. Hartford didn't even do any research on them because I think Baylor is that good of a team where they're going to absolutely steamroll them. Now, Baylor heading into the later in the tournament, they struggled at the end. They were 18-0 to start, and then I think they finished with five or four losses. They got to figure something out. But in the tournament, we see a lot of teams that sometimes they get a little bit riled up and they find some mojo going around. The committee rewarded them, gave them their one seed because they knew they were a solid team all year. Yeah, Baylor and Gonzaga are... Right there, I think Baylor has a pretty close margin to being that number one overall seed. Yeah, uh, they, so they lucked out in that. Gonzaga sense, right? and them were one and two all year. They had to give them a one seed, even though they blew it right away. But they had to give them a one seed. Next game: Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is a terrible name for a college, by the way. I, I don't like, like, hey, who man, would want to go there? Look, you're just saying that because it says Oral. Okay. Now tell me how you're going to recruit guys to a school named Oral Roberts. Look, man. You're they, not going they to. Made it, they made it to the NCAA tournament. They can't be all that bad. And they weren't dead last. That's true. 15 seed for them is a victory. Unfortunately, they're not going to win this game. Yep. Ohio State is riding a hot hand right now. They already beat Oral Roberts once this year, too. They're oh, going to no. play them twice now. Should be a cakewalk. But Ohio State, they made it far in the Big Ten tournament. They rode a lot of great play out there. They were a team that was, I think, the ninth overall team. I don't know. I'm not completely sold on them. They got a couple of guys that really dominate inside. They can shoot really well. A little bit about March Madness, when you're picking a bracket especially, is kind of feeling. Luck. This is a team that, based off of that feeling almost, not a lot of that analytics part of it, just watch out for a little bit later. Now, we go to Arkansas, number three seed, versus Colgate. Arkansas could be a bracket buster. Our Arkansas could have been uh, the number two seed, to be completely honest. They are going to lose to Colgate. What? They're going to lose to Colgate. Oh, that's what you mean by that's bracket That's what I mean. Oh. Because I think they were rated a little too high. And they oh, have okay. a lot of transfers on the team. Most of the team is full of transfer students from last year who were playing elsewhere, obviously. And that is honestly a big factor, I think, when it comes to chemistry and working together. Moses Moody has been solid for them all year. Great name also to put on that bracket list. But Colgate has a player by the name of Jordan Burns, who leads the team in points and assists, averaging 17 points a night. Pretty solid. And Colgate can shoot the lights out. They have a very solid team. They are. They only have one loss this year. They're 14-1. That is only at a small sample size, like we said. But they got another guy in, uh, what was his name? Justin Smith, who averages seven rebounds a game, too, as well. They got a team that, if a three seed's going to lose this year, I think Colgate's doing it. They've never won a game in the tournament. This is the first one they did. They get. I, I'm picking them 
as an upset watch. All right, all right. I I did not expect that. Honestly, I, uh, the whole idea of transfer players, though, is like a big theme for this entire season because there is a bunch of transfer play going on because of COVID. And uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that either plays to one team's favor or affects them because they don't have that same same level of chemistry. I, I think that just watch out for that Colgate. They've shot the ball well all year. Jordan Burns, player to watch in the tournament. See if he can make a little bit of a name for himself. Uh, the four seed, Purdue versus 13 seed, North Texas. Purdue is a basketball school. They've been very solid in the Big Ten for the last few years. <laughs> Drew Brees. Uh, <laughs> Travion Williams, big, strong guy, leads the team in points and rebounds. Uh, they also have, I wanted to highlight this guy, Zach Ide, seven foot four yeah. freshman off the bench. Yeah, dude. Super fun to watch over there. North Texas, they shoot a lot of threes. Javion Hamlet, their leading scorer, he he's a really good player. He put up 30 in their championship game versus Rice. Ultimately, though, Purdue's gonna dominate this game. They're way too big, strong for them underneath. And they, that's how they play. They I remember guys like Caleb Swanigan, I think, comes to mind. They've always had that dominant big down there, and it's just how they beat you. That's been a big factor in these NCAA tournament games for a while, too. Those big men just, like, being able to guard the paint and protect the rim. I mean, that's one reason why, like, someone like, what, Taco Fall was so big. Right. uh, You know, a couple years ago. Yeah, and... It helps a lot in the beginning of the tournament. We know three-point shooting wins it a lot, and efficiency. In the beginning, when you're facing those teams that are the group of five, the out of F, uh, the the out of the power five conferences, they just can't recruit the big guys like that, mm-hmm. and it really is an easy way to take that to the next yeah. round. Fifth seed Villanova versus number twelve Winthrop. Do you know where Winthrop College is? Uh, I'm going to guess Vermont. South Carolina. Oh, I, was, I mean, I was on the East Coast. I'll give myself right. a little pat, but... Villanova bad. is a very good shooting team, and ultimately, it's Villanova. They're very strong in the yeah. tournament. They're always good. They always seem to have a really good team. Jeremiah Robinson Earl could be an All-American this year. He was lead the team in points and rebounds. But Winthrop, I looked at their stats, and to be honest, they got a lot of guys who can score. They were 23-1 and this year. They have four guys in double-digit scoring, at least, you know, 12.2, 10.5, 10.1, 10. They're mixing around their guards and forwards, their frontcourt, backcourt play. They get a lot of guys to crash the boards, and Chandler Vaudrin is a stud, led the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. That guy, another one. Watch out for this Winthrop team because there's going to be upsets and you got to pick some. They could do something too with Villanova this yeah, year. Yeah, I think Nova was really affected by the lack of recruitment this year. Uh, you know, Hence why you're seeing them as a five seed, which 
I mean, when's the last time you saw that? It's right. been a minute. They're always a team to watch in the tournament. Yeah, but they've this... been consistent a three-seed or higher. And 5-12 is where all the upsets happen. I it's mean, true. I think it's happened once for the last, like, ten years. There's it's always always, There's always, always a 12 one. over 5 team. Mm-hmm. Six-seed Texas Tech versus number 11 Utah State. Texas Tech was in the Final Four of the last tournament. Chris Beard is an amazing coach, and he's got a lot of star power, and it's led behind Mac McClung. Mac McClung was at McClung. No, but Damn I it. wish, I wish. But Mac McClung also from West Virginia, where Seth McClung is from too. Related? I don't think so. I'm on it. Yeah. Um, Mac McClung was at Georgetown, and then he transferred over to Texas Tech. He is a human highlight reel. He went crazy in high school, obviously, for his dunking ability. But he can shoot the ball well. He can finish well. And he is clutch. He hits a lot of big shots. Mac McClung is going to be the guy they ride into this tournament, Texas Tech. Utah State, very good defensively. They use a little bit of a different style of basketball and rely a lot on their defense. Nemias Kita, I can't be saying that name right, but I've nope. seen him play a couple times this year. He's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year in the Mountain West Conference. There is a chance that we could see something spoil up here, but ultimately I think Texas Tech is going to take this one. Their offense is going to be too much for them. Utah State, though, they are a pretty big defensive team. Fun fact, Mac McClung, his uncle is Seth McClung. No. Ballin'. No way. Hell yeah. That's the craziest thing. What? How many McClungs do you know? I don't know, but I'm so happy. Why are you shocked I'm so happy. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mac McClung, just so you know, we are huge fans of your uncle. Huge. Massive. Huge. I hope you hear this, Mac, because I... Brewer's legend. We need to talk to Seth McClung. Yes. Seth McClung... Get him on the pod. I, I, I'm like, Get him on. I'm I'm holding back tears because I love Seth McClung so much. So much. Number seven, Florida versus number ten, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, they get a lot of rebounds. They got three guys that average six on the team, which is good for only I think four other schools have that. Virginia Tech, though, playing in the ACC, a little bit stronger, a little bit of a weaker basketball conference this last year, actually. And Florida has a guy by the name Trey Mann. 16 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists a game. I think a lot of people think Virginia Tech is going to upset them here because Florida has been struggling over the last 5 games. They lost uh, 3 of them. But I think Trey Mann is one of those guys, again, that can make a name for himself in the tournament. He's been a stud all year. He shoots the ball really well. He can get fouled. I think Florida takes it over Virginia Tech. Now we get to 8-9 UNC versus Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin basketball is not good. No. Not good. No. They were supposed to be really good this year. They should have been really good. They were supposed to be. Now, hear me out. Wisconsin, the Big Ten for basketball was loaded. Was loaded. I, I mean, Wisconsin was lumped in 
with being one of the really good teams when in reality they were just not on that first tier level. No. There no. was Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan. There were so many good teams yeah. in the Big Ten. And Wisconsin, unfortunately. Yeah, Maryland too. They I just mean, like... weren't that good. But they got a lot of experience. They got a lot of time playing together with these people. There's their whole team. I think Dimitri Trice is 25. He's just been on the team forever. <laughs> and I think a lot of it comes around as they do they are an older team in the NCAA. UNC has a lot of trouble shooting. They have great big men. They don't shoot the ball very well. Badgers, on the other hand, don't have the best down post play, but their guard play is really solid. And if Micah Potter and Dimitri Trice can figure something out, I'm take I have to take Wisconsin. I have to take them to beat them. <laughs> so I'm gonna say that, and don't be surprised. If Wisconsin upsets Baylor, too, because I have to say that uh, as well. I, I will 100% be surprised I have there. to say that as well. Uh, UNC has, like, only recently been coming around. They had a rough start to the season. And Armando Backett is a great player. Leads their team in points and rebounds, too. He's going to be a problem for Wisconsin. But the uh, team can just shoot better yeah. than them, I think. Oh Yeah, and, and uh, Wisconsin's had a lot of issues with uh big 10 refs throughout the season this yeah. year i don't know why that is but I, all all around the big 10 refs have just been rough uh to those teams so maybe getting out uh and hitting up uh indianapolis well, in, might, yeah that's probably in the big 10 yeah refs, but there, don't forget the ref refs are going to be changed up it's not going to be all big 10 refs uh it might actually benefit them who knows uh so that was my south bracket all right, it's time for the East. First up, Michigan versus the number 16, Texas Southern or Mount St. Mary's. Let's get those two out of the way. Texas Southern, Mount St. Mary's. Both teams are pretty stingy on defense. Mount Mary's has a slower tempo, but honestly, that may work for this opening round. It's not going to last uh, throughout the entire tournament. It, you know, we kind of saw that with Virginia when they lost to that, uh, what was that, a number 16 seed right. a couple years ago, right? But I think it does help them get past Texas Southern. Texas Southern does have the hotter hand, though. They're 14-1 in their last 15 games and have better rebounders. But honestly, Mount St. Mary's has Nana Opoku. Uh, that is the defensive player of the year in the, what is that, Northeastern Conference, I think they played in. Uh, hey. NEC. I, I think that's the Northeastern Conference. It's got to be. Uh, I think Mount Mary's, Mount St. Mary's pulls through with this. But then, you know, they get hit with Michigan. Michigan is impref impressive on offensive and defensive shooting percentages. They're 40% from three-point, and they're great in the paint defensively. The only thing that could be troubling them is they're a tad streaky. So we're kind of going to have to, you know, feel that out, you know, once we kind of see them in play. I think they get past the Mount St. Mary's rather easily. Easily. Number two, Alabama. Alabama is surprising. Did There's... we expect them to be a number two seed? Well, they've been, since Colin Sexton got recruited there, 
they've developed a little bit of a basketball program. Well, you know, once you get one star, it, it does help you out, like, in a the lot. long run, right? Uh, they shoot more than 10 three-point shots per game. Or, yeah, they get more than 10 three-pointers per game. They shoot way more than that. Right. In fact, they rely on threes so much that it might actually hurt them. They get a lot of turnovers, too. But they're one of the most efficient defensive in the country. So, you know, who knows? But I will say, they are going against Iona. And Iona is run by Rick Pitino. Mm. It's... Uh, it's mm. not a for sure, but man, if they get some proper attention the night before, if you know what I'm it, saying, it's weird because Iona went on a 51 day layoff. They only played 17 games. In fact, they miss all of January because of COVID. <sighs> I, yeah, they're one of their one of those few teams that uh, got affected by COVID. But they are 33rd in rebounds, and like I said, Rick Pitino's there. Isaiah Ross, the senior, averaging 18.4 points per game on a 40% clip. And they hold opponents to a 40.5 free field goal shooting. So, who knows? I'm not going to say that it's my big upset. I Again, I, I don't think that those big seeds get... Uh, shaken too much in this opening round Mm -hmm. but i think this one might have the best uh opportunity for it okay number three texas versus abilene christian let's go with abilene christian first this is a fun team they like to score in fact most of their wins were by blowouts i watched a little bit of their tournament this weekend too and i saw them play nickel state they are wild in fact the Abilene Christian averages the most steals out of any team in the tournament. Mm. So they want to play aggressive, and they're going to need it too, right? Uh, they're also good at the three-point shot, but all around, they're just averaging the offense, and they get a ton of fouls, which is a problem. That comes with the steals. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they want to risk it for the biscuit, and they're going to have to because they're playing Texas. Dude, Texas is back, baby. There, I first started coming back to Texas. Greg Brown is amazing to watch. I am so psyched. Because, honestly, Texas is one of those schools where, like, you need them in one of the two sports, like football or basketball. Yeah, they're they're a big program, man. Yeah. And they've been pretty much garbage uh, in football for quite a while yeah and mccoy last guy and they haven't been super solid uh in basketball either you know not since what kevin durant right Uh, i mean that's the last one that i can think of when they were going deep in the tournament yeah but texas has a solid defense especially on the three-point shot which if you can hold teams uh to a low three-point shot percentage that's going to get you some wins and these dudes are long. They are tall, man. The one thing I'm worried about them, they have lost six of their last eight games against tournament teams. And the two that they won weren't exactly convincing. One of them was in overtime, and I think the other one, they won by two points. Mm. Uh, yeah, that could be a problem. Next up, Florida State and NC Greensboro. Florida State, dude, 
they have probably the biggest depth in the tournament. They are great. And again, some long players as well. Uh, honestly, this is the best offense, uh, offensive squad that Leonard Hamilton has had. They shoot a bunch of threes and get a bunch of offensive rebounds. They don't really play defense as, that well, and they're streaky. But really, what do you expect with these with these teams, man? Defense is not the priority anymore in basketball. Don't know how many more times I can say that. But they're playing NC Greensboro. Isaiah Miller, two-time player of the year, three-time defensive player of the year for the Southern uh, Conference. Is that, I think that's what it is. So, so I have SoCon, uh, whatever there. That, I think it's Southern, yeah. Yeah, right? He averages 19.3 points, 6.9 rebounds, 4 assists, 2.6 steals per game. Isaiah Miller is a stud. Got to watch out for it. Yeah. This is where players can be made. And that's when you get those streaky guys that really want to prove it. They also average 7.5 steals per game and almost four blocks. Damn, dude. They're going. Yeah. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams, though. They're 30% Mm. on 25.4 attempts per game. Yikes. Yikes. And when they fall behind, they generally don't come back. They have to start off hot and keep running with it. So I don't know how good they're going to be, but okay, let's just be honest. Florida State's going to be Florida there. State's going to win. Florida State is uh, honestly one of my my mini upset teams. I think they can get pretty far. Number five, Colorado and Georgetown. We were talking about five twelve seeds. This might be my pick for twelve upset. Really. Dude, Georgetown has, like, Cinderella written all over them. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. That team loves Patrick Ewing. Who wouldn't? He seems like such a cool dude. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, But the team buys into everything uh, Patrick Ewing says. They they have some great staples in Chaudier Biles and, and... Oh. Okay, let me try this again. Chaudier Biles... And Judas Wahab? Yep. Is that? Are you just saying that to agree with me? Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, and George, like I said, Georgetown has upset uh, Cinderella written all over them. They do struggle with creating turnovers and field goals, though. So we'll kind of wait and see on that. They are going against Colorado. Colorado is a pretty fantastic offense man their scoring margin is plus 20 uh 20 and a half so when they beat dudes they whoop their ass they're whooping on them yeah and they got some great free throw shooters in in fact they're the best in the entire nation at 83.4 percent holy shit dog mckinley right the fourth puts the whole damn team on his back and you watch. That dude is going to be a stud because, uh, in this tournament. I can almost promise you that. Can get too comfortable, though. They blew a 19-point lead to Washington mm. in nine minutes. Jeez. So they need to kind of get out of their head. Otherwise, you're going to see that upset like I'm talking about. And I I really do feel like that's like the big one, I think. Next up, another playing game. We got Michigan State and UCLA. 
two teams that normally you should get behind uh, with basketball. Ooh, not not in twenty twenty one. No, UCLA man, they're coming in super cold, and their offense may be potent. You know, they have five players over a double digit scoring, but Chris Smith, their main guy, is out torn ACL, mm. and Johnny Juzang is just uh, nursing an ankle injury. He might be back. It's been kind of up in the air, but outside of a single win versus Colorado, they lost all other tournament games. Yikes. Yeah. And they're going against Michigan State, dude. Tom Izzo is a stud for a coach. The Big Ten has an advantage in the tournament this year. Yes, and you have Aaron Henry, who is probably going to be a top ten draft pick. Yep. He is nuts. Uh, you, but you also have a pretty stout def, uh, team as well. They've had 13 different starters all year, though. So, which Maybe. one of these guys kind of gets it to, together? But that could be an advantage, too. Uh, I if, guess. When you got a lot of guys who have had a lot of minutes on the team, they can all play. You kind of don't really get anything different with the first five as opposed to the next five. Yeah, you're just going to have to wait and see whether, you know, whether it be Joshua Lankford, A.J. Hogard, Marcus Bingham Jr., or Rocket Watts. Again, Ooh, amazing name. That might be a one seat on the That's other side. That's an awesome name. Rocket? Rocket Watts. The last name pairs so nicely. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those. The, it's like the, the right wine and cheese combination. Mm. But it's a bad defense, and they commit a bunch of fouls. Michigan State ain't what it used to be. But as long as Aaron Henry keeps playing like the stud muffin that he is, uh, they're going to easily hand UCLA that first round or play in loss. They're going to be playing BYU. BYU has some great shooters. They're top 50 in three and two point percentage. Matt Harms is a great rim protector. He's seven foot three. That's about it, though, for their defense. The rest of their defense is pretty average. And uh, their losses, when they play top 40 teams, they average about 75 points. But they kind of whoop ass on them. They lose the turnover battle constantly. So we're kind of have to see if they're going to catch fire or not. Next up, UConn. UConn is finally kind of ready to come back as well. They're one of the best teams in the nation with offensive rebounds and blocks, but they don't really have too many consistent scorers, which, you know, is going to be an issue, right? And they're playing Maryland. They have Eric Ayala, and he's coming in strong. They're pretty bad at offensive rebounds, and they're coming in with multiple losses. So there you go. Hot, cold team. Eh, Not exactly great. Then, finally, the last team they're playing, LSU, or the 8-19, LSU versus St. Bonaventure. LSU, great starting lineup. They average 66.8 points per game, and that's just through uh, four of their starting guys. Cameron Thomas, Trendon Watford, Javante Smart, Darius Days. That's pretty big, dude. And not too many turnovers, which is uh, a pretty key figure in these tournaments you got to stay pretty consistent otherwise you're going to have issues they also have lots of offensive rebounds they're top 10 in offensive efficiency 
but bad defense again. This is kind of a running theme here. Uh, they allowed 80 points in over half of their games. Yikes. Yeah. That's a lot of points in the college basketball. Dude, I, I I don't know how much more I can stress that. They're playing St. Bonaventure. The Bonnies are a team that a lot of people love because they're fun to watch, man. They have a stalwart defense. And Osun Osunyi... God help That's me. That's a lot of vowels. Yeah, there's a lot of O's. Uh, he averages three blocks per game. I mean, that's a awesome, awesome stat yeah, for, that's for a big man. Dominating I mean, that, the paint. That's, that's that Taco Fall guy right there. Uh, they allow a lot of three-point attempts, though, because they don't want to let them score the two. So they challenge those guys. Think of them as like the college version of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Hmm. Try to try to uh, try to beat me. Also, their bench is atrocious. In fact, their their bench is dead last in minutes throughout the entire country. Wow! So yeah. they just run their whole five. Yeah. Also, there's no senior leadership. In fact, there's no seniors at all on this team. I will say they're fun to watch, though. If I had to pick, like, the true Cinderella team, the number nine St. Bonaventure Bonnies is my choice. Ooh, okay. All right. Now get into the Midwest bracket. Uh, this is Illinois versus Drexel. Did you say Illinois? Yeah, just to piss you off. Oh, my God. Illinois versus Drexel. This is my team to win the tournament right here. They won the Big Ten. Really? Ao Dasunmi. I don't know how to say his last name, but I know it's Ao. <laughs> Ao. And Kofi Cockburn are a dynamic duo. Okay. I don't know if any of you heard that. He definitely laughed when he said Cockburn. I didn't laugh. You you had a... Oh. I didn't laugh. Just a tiny one. <laughs> now I did. But the Illinois defense and the Illinois team are insane they are so fun to watch they dominated the big 10 in the tournament this is a team that you don't you know you you like to pick the upsets and you like to see the turmoil in the tournament this is a team you have to write to the final four i think they're that good i don't see any other team beating them they are so dynamic they're fun they're fast and they're electric drexel not doing too much. They're not going to yeah. be able to hang with them. This is a game that Illinois could probably win by forty by the end of it. They're gonna they're gonna dominate the first couple rounds. I don't think they win it though. I, they're streaky as hell, dude. To, you know Trent Frazier and you you have Adam Miller. Those guys have shown up every other game. It, it, I, and obviously that doesn't work too well on a single elimination tournament. You have to see whether or not they step up and kind of play through the, you know, from minute gonna one. Be, to... They're going to be tested. They're going to be tested. But I'm telling you that Big Ten was huge in basketball this year. To come out on top of it, they're the best team to beat Gonzaga by far, I think. All right. In a one game in the championship. Number two, Houston versus 15, Cleveland State. You know, I was a little surprised to see Houston get a two seed at first, but that team is solid. They can defend. 
They rebound with anyone in the nation. And Quentin Grimes is going to be an All-American, I think. Absolutely has been the leader on that team for them. This should be a cakewalk for them against Cleveland State. Cleveland State is the Vikings, so I hate them. I just don't like their logo <laughs> right off the rip. That's what it is. But uh, they're green and gold. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. They have no. They're not going to beat Houston. <laughs> I know we like to get all excited about the big upsets. It's not happening in this division or in this Scenario. Midwest conference. No. Both one and two seeds are going to walk over their opponents. Number three, West Virginia versus number fourteen, Moorhead State. Moorhead State has the most wins in the country since January 1st. 19 wins. Their coach says their goal every game is to, quote, get a bench warning from being too hype up. Moorhead State knows how to get wild. They are ready for this tournament. Mm -hmm. They got a 14 seed, so they're going up against West Virginia and Derek Culver, who is a double-double machine. They have a plethora of shooters, shot creators. West Virginia, though, is, again, another little bit of a weaker three seed, I think, as opposed to recent years. And Moorhead State is going to come out firing this this week. They are going to be ready to play, but I ultimately still think... Derek Culver is just too strong and dominant for them. They got way too many shooters. I think West Virginia is going to win the first game. But they are a team that needs to be watched because I don't think they necessarily should be a three seed maybe. And Moorhead State, they could maybe even be up a couple seeds too. They've been firing out this year, especially since January. Watch out for that game too. Moorhead State has a history of being an upset machine. They've done it before in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if this is, like, the big one that falls. Right. Oklahoma State versus Liberty, the 4 versus 13 seed. Oklahoma State is my, quote, shock team that I think could get deeper into this thing, uh, into this tournament. Cade Cunningham is probably the number one pick in the NBA draft. That's what they've all said. An absolute, a 6'8 playmaking guard. He's dynamic he's ben simmons with a jump shot this could be what makes him take that next step when you dominate you see those players who dominate in the tournament like kemba steph curry those were guys that rose their draft stock that weren't top five guys but they made themselves top lottery guys cade cunningham can take over and really bring college basketball from the nba and make a lot of people start watching because I think he was a big leader against them in that Baylor upset. This team is really solid. They can shoot. They can run. They are a team that I think is going to walk over Liberty, who doesn't have a lot of star power. They won their conference, but ultimately they're Liberty. They're not playing anyone big. Oklahoma State, watch out for them in Liberty, the tournament. Liberty got lucky getting as high of a seed as they got, I think, personally. Yeah, 13's I, a little too high for They're going to get slapped, uh, slapped around pretty handedly, I yes. think. Yes, Oklahoma State, watch out for them later in the tournament. Number five, Tennessee versus number 12, Oregon State. Oregon State won the Pac-12 tournament, They and they still got a 12 seed. Yeah. Oregon State, they got they're hot right now. They look very good, dynamic offense, play a pretty solid defense. 
Tennessee's team, though, I think is just too athletic. Um, they always play good defense in the tournament. They're absolutely loaded. The SEC is a lot stronger than the Pac-12 in basketball this year. I'm taking Tennessee, but not very far in the tournament. They were struggling as of late, losing a lot of games. I think Tennessee is going to win this game, but don't catch them too much more after that. Number six, San Diego State versus number 11, Syracuse. San Diego State, they're coached by Brian Butcher, who is the guy who was recru- who recruited the Fab Five for Michigan. Hey. Yeah. They got star player Matt Mitchell, Mountain West Player of the Year. He's a dynamic weapon that can absolutely make plays happen. Syracuse, however, is Syracuse. They're 11 seed. They're not as great this year. They still have Jim Beheim, and on top of it, they have Buddy Beheim, who is Jim Beheim's son, who can shoot the lights out of the gym. A guy that can drop 30 in a tournament game easily, and they run the offense through him. Surprisingly, no nepotism, probably. But hey, I'm here for it. If Jim Beheim can get his son to go crazy in the tournament. Even for one game, it's this game. Buddy Beheim sounds like the name of like a seventies action adventure star. I'm all for it. Like back, I, back I was to the future. So excited. Back to the future part four, Buddy Beheim. Buddy Beheim. I am all in on it. And the last time we saw an upset with a coach and son was RJ Hunter back in uh, 2016, I believe. That sounds about right. And he, he, his dad had the broken leg and was sitting on a swivel chair on the sideline and freaked out so much that he fell out of the swivel chair with his broken leg and stood back up. He was cooling. So I am taking Syracuse over San Diego State and Jim and Buddy Beheim write a story in and itself. Buddy Beheim gets drafted to the like third worst team in the league and never sees the light of day yeah probably not but I, I don't think anything crazy but all all signs are pointing to a great tournament story for that next number seven clemson versus 10 Rutgers. if clemson's gonna win this game amir sims is gonna have to save him acc was all sorts of whack this year don't really know Back, who the best dude, team NCAA was. was basketball was all sorts of whack this year it's It's a strange year for basketball. Clemson, not a very good basketball school traditionally. The team itself, they rely a lot. They don't shoot the ball well. They rely a lot on getting inside, which can be good. But like we're saying, we're valuing three-point shooting a lot this year, especially. And Rutgers, Big Ten has an advantage. I'm going to keep using that (laughs) all year. I'm going to keep using that all tournament. They've been playing tougher Big Ten teams it's going to help them in the early stages of the tournament because if they can get something going, they're going to play number two Houston next, who, again, not in the Power Five conference, not saying that that's a bad thing or you can't do that in basketball especially, but playing a Big Ten schedule is definitely going to be helpful this year. Watch out for Rutgers to take over Clemson too. Last game, number eight Loyola versus number nine Georgia Tech. Loyola, baby. This is is going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the game you want to watch, I think. Loyola, 
they have a stud by the name of Cameron, Cameron Kurtwig. Kurtzig. Kurtzig. Yeah. Kurtwig. 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 That's what I'm saying. Eh, I, I, eh. Yeah. He is a baller. He's Cameron Kurtwig so, so good. So good. Leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, blocks. Loyola, they got a really strong team. Outside of Cameron Crudwig, not really as much. But they, they looked pretty good. They looked pretty decent all year. They you know, they went 24 and 4 in the Missouri Valley Conference. But as you can see, after he's out, he didn't even have to hit a three-pointer this year, and he was a stud. There's not a lot of guys that run through one player more than Loyola and Cameron Crutwig. And Loyola's not going to be able to bust out the nuns this year, so uh, right. that might affect them. I have that in my <laughs> notes. Sister Jean can't help them. Dude. Right there. There's no one there. So they're going up against Georgia Tech, who won the ACC tournament, upset a very good Florida State team, and they still got a nine seed. Kind of disrespectful, I think. Moses Wright was the ACC player of the year. 17 points a game, 8 rebounds. I think Georgia Tech wins. I think it's going to be a great game, though. I think this is going to be one to watch, and both of these teams are, you know, they're going to be facing Illinois second. I still think Illinois is going to win, but both of these teams are very solid, and... Kind of a crime that they're eight and nine seeds, I think. Oh, that was long. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a long one. That uh, was a grind. I know. Uh, I know. We know. We normally do some fun and games. We can't. No, I don't want to. I don't want to push this on any longer. Hour and a half. That seems like a good limit, almost, <laughs> to stop on it. Um, but it was a big show that we kind of needed to address. This is March Madness. This is going to be super fun really excited for this season selection sunday was yesterday i think that it's going to either be one or the other it's going to be a super weird tournament or it's going to be pretty cut and dry it's going to be a super weird tournament man i'm telling you a lot of these teams had no business being as high or as low as they were ranked and you're going to see that come through Big time it, this year. Don't forget, this tournament is two years in the making, man. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see an NCAA tournament last year. And that's even more reason why you guys need to watch this one. Yes. Please go ahead. I think uh, I think me and Tom actually should probably fill out some brackets and then we'll, we'll like upload it online to see like who you think had the better bracket maybe we should do a fan bracket too we could even do that have all of us play against each other see where it goes with that bump it out see what your polls go out and say you know what we'll we'll pay post the link take a screenshot and then uh put it on our comment section of our post you know that way we kind of get to see where everyone stands it's been a pretty fun episode it was a long episode it was a grind uh let us know in the comment section which team you think could be a good sleeper for the march madness tournament give us your final four who do you think's gonna make it who do you think's gonna be in your final four i'm personally riding with illinois this whole entire time sounds like dave's riding with gonzaga they're so damn good they're so damn good but illinois is gonna be a little bit better they have an easy 
conference division, man. I, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's guaranteed going to be in the, the final championship game. Well, it's after Illinois, Gonzaga, Michigan, and Wisconsin all make the final four, oh. then we can decide. Oh. All right? It's been a fun episode of Down the Wire. Bye. Peace. Been a minute, but I'm back with that rap shit. The mixtape flow, you can find it on that piff. And everything I do, I do for real, ain't no practice. I'm dancing the booth, but you know I be snapping. Hold up, yeah. I'm going ghost in the burst. I get paid for my words, all my nouns and my verbs. These labels wanted a hit, I'll hit them right where it hurts. They said the radio don't like it when I curse, but fuck it, I'm coming right back. Okay, you knew that I will. Got a sound, been around, and they doubted me still. I used to be the kid in college that was busy with music, but fuck it. I didn't graduate dog, and look what I'm doing. Okay, I think I found a song that you like. Yeah, I found it on a blog last night. And it's new and got a lot of views. So I'm gonna cue it up and I'm gonna show you what it sounds like. Okay, I ain't trying to try. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.